0: Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deandre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm super excited to have you tuned into your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, if you're an OG listener, thank you so much for being here, my love, and strap in for another episode of your fave podcast. So, okay. I want to set the scene because I <laughs> feel so chaotic. I literally just, I think there's a theme here because I said this in the last episode too, I think, but I literally just put all my dishwashers in the dishwasher and I was going back upstairs to watch another episode of Psych, which if you've never seen that show, it's so hilarious. I used to watch it all the time with my mom back in the day and I saw that it was on Amazon Prime and I don't know, I've just been, Rewatching old episodes of Psych It's such a good show It's about this These two friends These two best friends And one of them Pretends to be a psychic detective And they collaborate With the police department To solve crimes But the guy who Pretends to be a psychic detective Psychic detective It's not that he's actually psychic It's just that he's really good At spotting things And he has like Photographic memories So he's good at like Picking up on little things That normal people Just wouldn't see You know So anyways I'm watching that show So as I finish my and I'm going back upstairs. I'm like, you know what? I want to record a podcast episode. I was itching to do this later or not later, earlier in the day today. And I ended up just getting out of the house and kind of you know running a bunch of random errands but i'm like you know what let me sit down and do this because whenever i have the urge to sit down and do an episode i love to really honor that nudge because i feel like those episodes are the ones that really hit home with you guys and they're also the ones that for me are the most cathartic and the most helpful because as you know maybe you don't know if you're new here, I am a self-projected projector. If you don't know what that means, please listen to the episode. Well, any of the human design episodes, but specifically the last episode I did, it was a human or the last guest podcast human design episode. Why am I struggling with my words? This is going to be a fun episode, huh? But anyways, as a self-projected projector, I find a lot of my clarity from speaking out loud. So for me whenever i need to solve a problem or kind of figure out where i'm at with things it helps a ton to talk things out loud and i didn't even realize like that's kind of what i was doing when i started the show i just kind of wanted to talk and i kind of i didn't really have this big vision or agenda for starting a podcast when i did almost 5 years ago i just i literally was like i love to talk and why not right so Anyways, that being said, we're here. It's gonna be a really chill, chit chatty episode this episode. So snap in, snap in, strap in, grab a snack, get ready for me to butcher my words a million times in this particular episode. But we're gonna talk about a lot of things that have been on my mind today in the past couple days. And we're also going to go through some questions because I used to do the Q&A episodes and I used to ask you guys to submit questions. And it's been a minute. The last one you guys submitted questions for was in May and I never recorded that one. So I actually went back and pulled the questions. And if you submitted a question and you've already kind of figured out what you're doing, I apologize that this is coming so late, but I figured it would be also cool to include some of those in this particular episode. So let's just go ahead and kind of catch up. And I want to dive in and talk about where I'm at. And I feel like I, okay, well, I guess I we can address the elephant in the room because I'm sure I'll have put it in the title. Yeah, I'm considering <laughs> leaving Dallas. So that's fun. Um, I feel so chaotic. And y'all know um Haley Comet. If you don't know Haley Comet, again, she was on the podcast as a guest. She's an amazing astrologer. I'm actually enrolled in her self-care astrology course right now. She is just such a amazing soul and she does these videos on youtube called magic mondays where she sets up the astrology for the week and kind of explains the different transits and what's going on and this morning well oh my god i feel like i should back up because there's so much more okay let me proceed with this down this street here and we'll go to the other street in a second so this morning i go to the gym and I was just going on a little bit of a walk and I was like, you know what, let me tune into Haley's um, Magic Monday video because I kind of wanted to understand some of the astrology because I've been, fe- a lot of different things have been coming up. I've been feeling a lot of things in like the past, honestly like the past month, but like it it feels like the energy has really been building in the past week and I kind of wanted to understand some of the astrology of what was going on besides some of the high level things that I already know. So in Haley's video, she detailed, and I can't remember the exact transits and things, but she talked about. Bit about the Scorpio new moon, which would have happened yesterday by the time you guys are hearing this. And then she also talked about some placements or some uh, transits or, or um, aspects with Uranus, which she explained it as, you know, you might be kind of feeling like you, you want to move or you want to switch things up, or you kind of want to just like change things up drastically in your life because you're feeling called to change your external circumstances. And then she also went on to talk about how, you know, no matter how much you change your external circumstances, you also, you're always going to be you, right? So if you're the problem, Let's let's just say, like if this is a example of like a problem situation, if you're the problem and you go to a different environment, you're still gonna be the problem. (laughs) So you've maybe switched up your environment, but you're still like the problem. So the the problems, the chaos, the toxicity is gonna follow you. So you know, you also have to change the internal circumstances and environments as well. But She hit the nail on the head with this because I really have been thinking about this a lot and it's so crazy It's so insane to me This is why I say never say never because there are things that I feel like in any given moment I'm, like I would never do that like oh my god, like Absolutely not and I always catch myself saying well, you know what DeAndre, never say never because I find that with myself Personally, I go through a lot of transition periods or a lot of like times where I just want to shake things up and change things in my life and so you know it really is a never say never situation cuz there are things that i'm like i would have never done that or i would never do that or i don't want to do that again and then i do it <laughs> and then i do it and it's not to say that i'm fake but i always talk about this too that you really have to honor the season that you're in and honor the version of yourself that's craving that particular change and if you know a past version of you was like i don't want to do this thing it's it's not right it's not aligned but then things shift and you're you know you get different experiences or and you have different data to work with in your life, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I kind of want to give that thing a chance, or I want to give that person a chance, or I want to give that opportunity a chance. It's not that you're a fake person, or it's not that you never really knew what you wanted, but it's just that you have a different set of accumulated information, and you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to switch things up if you feel that it's time to switch things up. So I'm considering leaving Dallas, and it's so wild to me and who knows right I I say this today it's Sunday November 12th but maybe by December 12th I don't feel this way anymore maybe you know once my my cycle comes I don't feel this way anymore maybe February comes I don't feel this way anymore I really don't know I can't tell y'all but I can tell y'all tell y'all what i'm feeling right now so i have a friend here that i've met who's also from the northeast she's actually from new york and we when we met it's so interesting because i think around that time was when i was starting to have these thoughts of you know should i leave dallas and where would i go and, and why would i leave and all of these things and when i met her i shared some of that with her and it's so wild because she was kind of in a similar space of considering leaving as well and honestly for a lot of the same reasons as myself so I think it was really helpful to meet someone who shared some similar thoughts as myself because I was so afraid to vocalize why it was or why I was considering leaving or some of the reasons I was considering leaving. And I'll share them with you because it's really kind of like if I put them in buckets, it's like two main buckets. The first bucket is the one that I feel the most afraid to share because I don't want to Get judged on it. And at the end of the day, people are going to, you know, think whatever they want to think about you. So at the end of the day, like, I can't control that. However, That's the one that I was feeling most nervous to share with anyone. And I wanted to talk this through with people in my life, but I was so afraid to share it with them because I didn't want them to think that, well, that's silly. And when I met this friend and we got into talking about it, we shared this similar reason as one of our reasons. And it felt so refreshing to connect with someone who felt the same things and know that I wasn't insane. So y'all have heard me talk about dating (laughs) in Dallas before. Here's the thing, I recognize that dating, it's about perspective. Some people are like, oh, it's, it's trash dating in my city, trash dating in my city. I don't think it's the cities. I think there are people that aren't a fit for you everywhere you go. And the majority of people aren't going to be a fit for you everywhere you go. You're got, like dating, finding solid friends. It's like a needle in a haystack because you're a very unique and particular person. You need to have someone who like fits up with your very specific high priority values in a certain way and you need to fit with theirs in a certain way. And that's for any relationship, right? But moving to Dallas, I didn't really have a lot of time to do research or prepare. And I think that worked in my favor. I think had I sat with it and mulled it over and and over the whole thing, I don't think I would have moved here. I don't think I would have taken the leap in the way that I did. But instead, it was something that I did very quickly and very drastically and dramatically. And because of that, I was forced to, make a decisive decision and live with it. And then I found myself here. And the longer I've been here, the more, you know, I've gone from, okay, this is a completely new city. I don't know anyone to, okay, I'm settling in. I kind of know my way around. I know some of the cities. I kind of know the vibes of the different cities. I'm understanding things more. To now I feel like, okay, I'm I'm starting to kind of build those like roots, right? I'm starting to really understand things in a more holistic way. That being said, the culture of Dallas it wasn't an immediate shock to me when I first moved here because I was just kind of processing the fact that I even made such a decision in such a quick time. But now that I've been here for a minute and I've been dating for a minute and I'm starting to understand what I truly value in not only my romantic partnerships but also my friendships, I'm starting to question whether or not I want to stay here. For and this is only one of the reasons. Okay. And I say that because again, I know it's a major city. It's a big city. Not everyone thinks like this. Not everyone is like this. I have met people like the majority of people I have met and gone on dates with or befriended. They share similar like thoughts as myself or they think in a similar way or they have similar goals as myself. But I would say that because of where Dallas is in the US, right? It's, It's in the South. It's like Bible Belt. It's just very traditional Southern values. I found that there are times where I feel like an outsider because of that. And there were, when I first moved here and I kind of started to experience that more and more, I didn't mind it as much because I, again, I had moments where I was meeting people who made me feel like I was included, or I felt kind of like I can create the community that I want here no matter what, right? The environment doesn't necessarily dictate how I get to respond to it. It is what it is. I can't change, you know, the culture of Dallas, but I can change where I'm looking for friends or how how I'm dating and things like that. But I've just found lately, and I don't know if it's something that will pass, and I guess this is what I'm trying to sit with and see, but I found lately that it's starting to feel more and more like I don't belong. And it sucks because I really do like Dallas. You know, it's one of those things where, a lot of like, let's go back to the dating example. You know, a lot of profiles of guys will talk about things like going to church or they reference, you know, religion being really important to them or they reference really wanting a traditional marriage and wanting someone who kind of wants to be in a traditional Southern heterosexual type of relationship where you know the man is like leading in a certain way and the woman you know is maybe like leading the household and they want kids and all of these different things and when I left Boston in some ways I kind of thought that's what I wanted and I think that is what I wanted at the time and the older that I've gotten and I think this happens with age right the older that you get the more experience that you have, the more you get to know yourself on a deeper level, the more you date, the more you befriend people, the more jobs you have, whatever. You you really do get to learn like, okay, who am I in this season? And I think that the version of myself that I am in this season doesn't really feel aligned with some of those things. And again, not every single guy is like that here, okay? But if you look at it from a statistical perspective, the location of where I am and just the values and culture for the majority of people who live here, it fits into that bucket. And so I naturally have less people to choose from when it comes to what I'm looking for and what I want. Even just my view on different political things, let's just put it there, is not really fully aligned with a lot of like The people here and that can also feel a bit isolating as well. So I'm just sitting with it, like I said, because I really like Dallas, but I was chatting with my friend JC and I know you guys are familiar with JC now that we've had him on an episode and we met for coffee yesterday and we were catching up. But one of the things he said to me that really did ring true was he said well the things that you like about dallas aren't unique to the city he was like the things that i like about dallas are very unique to the city um you know whether it be like specific sports teams or just kind of like certain things that are very very southern and very unique to texas or dallas perhaps like even down to some of the foods and things like that but the things that i like about dallas like to be quite frank with you are things like just like shopping related things or even just kind of the architecture of like the homes and things like that, I really enjoy. But it's not something that is completely unique to this specific city. So when he pointed that out to me, he was like, you know, this isn't a a matter of like, if you leave here, you can't ever find anything that has like the things that you like, plus more of the culture that you like. He's like, in fact, it's more likely that you can find a place that has the things that you like. About this particular city, plus the culture that you feel that you're missing. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And like I said, I was sitting with that and I was just like, oh, like I, you know, it, it sounds silly to be like, oh, you would move because of dating, which I, you know, and I want to do an episode on decentering men and decentering romantic relationships. And I know this seems completely contradictory to that, but I think it's it's less about the men and more about the values and the culture of the majority of the city. And again, I understand that it's a melting pot of people and and there are a lot of transplants here, so not everyone thinks that way. But what I've also found, though, is that a lot of the transplants – are transplanting here because they share those values. And because, you know, whether they were from the Northeast or the West Coast or a different country, even they come here because they're looking for that traditional value. They're looking for that, you know, um, that, that sort of like religious base and they're, they're looking for that. And that isn't really me. And so I just find that sometimes it makes me feel, A little bit like an other in this city. Yeah, so I am in this space where I'm not really sure, you know, if I'll leave. I have my lease here until summer of next year, and then I have to decide what it is that I'm gonna do. And the reason I say never, say never is because I'm actually considering moving back to Boston, which is so crazy to me. And this brings me to my second reason. I love Boston as a city, but when I moved to Dallas, I said this to you guys so many times, but I noticed how how much the sun comes out here. And I love the sun. I love sunny days. I love warmth. And so for me, like the sun, the heat of Dallas, I thrive in that, okay? Boston doesn't really have that like that. And so whenever I go back to Boston, it just feels so gloomy and I'm like, oh God, it's cold and it's rainy and it's like annoying. But the reason I'm considering going back to Boston is because when I think about, you know, building community or when I think about the times that I am having kind of like my struggle days, like today I woke up and I wasn't, you know, in the best of moods. I kind of was in a very like frumpy mood. I wasn't feeling good. And I was like, today is a day where I would love to just kind of like call up my best friend Monica and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, could I come over and like, let's hang out or even, you know, text my parents and be like, what are you guys doing? Let's grab lunch or something. Right. And It's something that I know a lot of people, you know, they'll move back to their hometown or they'll move to where their family is because of that. And I just always really figured that if I were to build that community here in Dallas, like it would keep me here, you know? And I don't think that's wrong. I think that's actually quite accurate. But I think what's happened is that I haven't really been able to build the community in in the full way that I want it. And I just find myself kind of craving that familiarity of people who have known me for most of my life. I also recognize like being, you know, being like real about the situation and kind of sitting in a in a space of reality with it and understanding that even if I were to live there, it's not like I would see these people every day, or it's not like I wouldn't get annoyed with them, or you know, it's not like I wouldn't be annoyed with how little sun Boston gets. But it is a place where I am like because the like there honestly most of my friends are spread out, so it's not like I most of my friends live there, but it's like the person who I've been friends with the longest <laughs> is there and my parents are there. And so I am considering it. I actually have an astrocartography reading schedule this week because I'm like, okay, I need to like book a reading and see, because even before I was thinking about Boston specifically, I remember I was thinking about cities in general. And I was kind of thinking like, where would I want to live if I wanted to live anywhere? And I actually plan to make a list of some cities and just go and visit and see what they were like and see if i like them like i said with boston there is that familiarity like i i love boston like it was never a thing of hating boston it was always a thing of that's all i knew and i didn't really feel like going back to something that i already knew and also the other thing that you know, I was telling, um, my friend tonight, cause we, we literally got on the phone and we're chatting about this earlier too, is that when I went through my breakup in New Jersey and I was considering a place to move at that time in my career, I wasn't making as much money that I make now and not like I'm making ten more now or anything like that. But at the time I couldn't really afford the type of apartment that I wanted in Boston. It was like, I would have to get kind of like just not the type of apartments I want. And if you're not familiar with like um, prices of apartments in the US or even in Boston, Boston is one of the most expensive cities to live in. Like coming to Dallas, I'm in a two bedroom, like multi-level townhome for the the price that I pay now. Like I went and was doing research on rents. The rents for one bedroom, one bath in Boston like not even in the city, like in Quincy, okay. So nearby, but <laughs> in Boston or outside of Boston, are more than my two bedroom, two bathroom townhome in Dallas for reference. And the the townhome that I have here, like people would consider that expensive here, so. To put it into perspective, like Boston is so expensive of a city to live in. And so when I was in that place of, okay, do I want to go back to Boston? Do I want to go to Dallas? One of the things that actually did factor in kind of heavily was the cost of living. Because when I looked at the the cost of living, it was either get a shitty apartment that I wouldn't like or go and live with my parents. And I was like, I don't want to go back home to live with my parents. Like I'd had a taste of freedom, you know, and I had a taste of what it was like to have my own decor and my own space and kind of like be able. You just have my own vibe and I was like I do not want to go back now that I'm in a place where you know I could afford to live in one of the apartments that I want I'm like okay this could I I could make this work I could make this work and it's kind of like what would that look like I think you know when we're in that period and this is something that JC and I talked about yesterday but when you're in that period of considering a really big life change it often seems so daunting. Like you're thinking about all of the different things that you have to do, all of the different hoops that you would have to jump through and all of the different hurdles in your way. And it seems so big, right? But you have to remember There were times where you went through similar things and you jumped through those hoops and you went through it and you made it through on the other side and you're thriving. Like you're literally living in a manifestation of something that at one point was a challenge to you, something that at one point was a goal, an aspiration, and you made it here. So as I'm thinking about this, you know, one thing that was coming up was like, damn, like if I, well, there are a couple of things that have come up. It was like, one, damn, if I, if I move, like, Moving to another part of the country again, like a cross country move. And this time I would have furniture. Whereas the first time I, I literally just moved with boxes of clothes in my suitcase and moved here. But this time it would be like furniture and TVs and, you know, all of that good stuff. But I was like, if I could organize a move across the country in less than a week by myself and figure it out, middle of COVID, I can move back to that same place if i wanted to like not in COVID, you know not in the middle of a pandemic so that's kind of where i am with it and yeah i'm just trying to be like really open-minded and not judge myself for this because the other thing that was coming up was like this feeling of failure to have left Boston and come back and I don't know why that is I think you know part of it is just kind of that sort of uh stereotype of the person that never leaves their hometown I was like I never wanted to be the person that had to leave to come back and there's nothing wrong with that like I logically know that but I think when I think about it there's a little bit of shame there of like oh like I like I failed at being here which is not true I know it's not true but it feels kind of like Like, did I fail? You know, I don't know. I guess I just also going through my Saturn return and like I'm turning 30 next year. And I think there's so much coming up with that, too, because I genuinely didn't (laughs) see this being my life at 30. Not that it's bad. okay. not that it's bad. But when it's just something that it's not what you saw, it's so it's like you have to kind of get used to understanding that. Sometimes the life that you saw for yourself isn't what's best for you, you know, because I think I I saw a very like domestic life and not to say that won't ever be my life. But I think that because it's not my life now and I thought it was going to be that there is that that feeling of failure. And I think that's definitely exacerbated by this thought process of I might be leaving Dallas. And yeah, which is crazy because. I don't know. I really don't know. We're going to have to sit with this because sometimes I think of things I think I feel so strongly about it. And then a week goes by and I'm like, why was I thinking that again? (laughs) But I will say that for how strongly I am feeling about it today, it's not something that came out of nowhere. Like this has kind of been my thought process for a little bit now because of the fact that, like I said, just the values and things like that, um, And then also just kind of really wanting to spend more time with like my parents and Monica. And I think that the, if you have been around here for a while, you also know that I didn't have a really good relationship with my father for a while and like now it's in a good place. So I think there's also that part of me that's kind of like, okay, now that. girl I'm feeling very emotional right now but but now that we're in a good place it feels like it's safe to come home you know it's like safe to go back because that was also another part of it is like I didn't want to go back to Boston because we weren't in a good place when I left New Jersey we literally were not speaking and throughout the time that I've been in Dallas like that relationship has healed and so you know there's still more work to be done but I think now that we're in a place of like, you know, we chat like multiple times a week and, you know, he's someone that I feel like can, I can truly count on. I feel like, okay, maybe, maybe it's time to go home because that community that I'm like, I feel like it's missing. Like there, feel, there feels like there's just something missing. Like maybe it's there. And when I was chatting with my friend about it today, we were kind of talking about how, you know, Again, the the thing where you change the external circumstance, but you don't change things. Cause again, if I were to go back to Boston, it's not like I can just hang out with my mom and Monica all the time. <laughs> like they're busy, they have their own lives. You know, even my dad, like he's busy. He has he has like work or lunchbox. Lunchbox is busy. Lunchbox is booked and busy, baby. Don't play with him. Okay. He has things to do, honey. But I'm just like, you know, I would have to make friends. And even though you know, there are people that I went to high school and college with that are still in Boston. It's like, I would kind of feel compelled to really put myself out there and make friends again. So in many ways it would be starting over. You know what I mean? I like, y'all, I forget how the T works. Like I, cause I also was considering if I do move back to Boston, um, not getting a car cause my le- my car lease is up next year. So I was thinking in order to afford these freaking expensive ass apartments, <sighs> your girl might just like not have a car which is so like crazy to me because i'm very much like a person who like loves being in my car (laughs) i'm a car girly okay but i was considering not um bringing a car and that's and again goes back to the benefit of having my community there my parents there because literally the neighborhood i'm considering is really close to them so i was like if anything i could just like borrow their car when i need it um because that's what i do when i go home in the boston usually i just use my mom's car so i like drop her off at work and and take the car (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah i don't know we'll see i'm actually i need to order my plane tickets to boston probably this week because it's already november and i know those tickets are about to be ridiculously expensive but when i go back i actually have a list of apartments that i'm gonna tour i have my my astro cartography appointment this week and i will follow up with you guys and let you know what what comes from that and um we'll see so if you are in boston you might be seeing me soon if you're in dallas and i do end up leaving let's hang out let's get coffee or something (laughs) why do i say like that let's get coffee or something before i leave and yeah by by this time next year i don't know maybe everything will be different who knows who knows with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Okay, let's go ahead and transition into the questions. Oh, before we actually transition into the questions, I want to recap my trip in Mexico a little bit for you guys because I got a DM about this and I was like, I can recount a little bit, but maybe not too much because it was a work trip actually. So as you guys know, I work for a media company. I work uh, in marketing, social media. Yeah, I do have a nine to five because listen, (laughs) the bills have to get paid, okay, honey? else us get paid. So we had our company retreat, which we hadn't had an actual full company retreat since I think like 2018 or 2019. And I started at the company in 2020. So I've been on like trips with that company and met my some of my coworkers, but I haven't met a lot of them because we're all remote and like work in different like states and countries and things. So we had this retreat in Mexico City. It was so cool going to Mexico City. First of all, the traffic in Mexico City, if you live in Mexico City, how are you doing it? Because the traffic was crazy. Like we had such a packed schedule for the things that we we're doing every single day. And every single day we were running like an hour to two hours late because of traffic going from different places, which was so wild to me. Um, it was bumper to to bumper okay but it was such a good experience i feel like you know when you're working remotely it can get really easy to feel like you're siloed off from your team as if you're kind of like you're working and you're doing the things but you can kind of lose sight of the the collective goal and kind of the reason for doing things or even just kind of like lose that motivation and inspiration to do stuff and i feel like whenever i meet co-workers in person whether it's at you know i've gone to like different um events and conferences with the ceo and like the sales team or whether it's with my team the social team going to conferences it just brings about this like renewed sense of Collectivism and wanting to really show up my best at work. And I got some amazing ideas for things I want to do with my team. I also feel like there are times in my job where, you know, I get into this rut almost of doing the same things with my team, like not really thinking outside of the box. And one of the reasons I wanted to work in marketing was to have those abilities to think outside of the box and come up with really cool campaigns and push the envelope in different ways and be creative. It's literally a field of being creative, right? And I feel like I haven't really been doing that as much in my role. And it's been causing me to feel like, just fear of like not doing good in my role and kind of like, damn, I'm not showing up in the best way. And so, you know, having that collective group retreat was really cool because I got to meet so many, like literally everyone else in the company that I have not met. There were people on my team, even some people who just started on my team that I have not met. And it was so cool to meet everyone. And it was also really good to just get some new ideas flowing. And then I remember the last night that we were there, a couple of people on my team let me know that they thought I was such a good, such a good leader for the team and such a good boss. And they were really happy with like, just kind of the work that we were doing and just, they felt they could really trust me in leading them. And that was such an emotional moment because sometimes I feel kind of like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing the best job. I really try to check in and ask everyone like what they need to feel supported and you know how I can help them and just kind of like really encouraging growth and encouraging people to bring fresh ideas to the table because it is a group effort, right? I can't be the only one like a dictator at the top. Like this is what we're doing. I want people to really feel compelled and empowered to bring those ideas to the table and to hear that feedback that they really do feel that way was really just it just made me so happy so it was a good trip we i have pictures on instagram i actually um i reignited my personal instagram it's just Deandra nicolette the manifest daily instagram is still live at the manifest daily but all of the personal pictures and stuff are up on deandre nicolette if you want to go see some pictures from the trip in mexico and the fits so okay let's go ahead and transition into some of the questions that you guys had from the uh q a situation so the first question that we have is how did you start how did you how did you start showing up online? Okay, so this, I literally just like created the podcast. I have told the story before, but it was 2019, right after New Year's, I was at Monica's house and we were doing our goals. This was before the Manifesting Gold Digger Planner was a thing, but baby, it was giving very much V1. But we used uh, the little planner that I created for us and then printed at Staples, like write down our goals and stuff. And for me, I just wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to talk. And so it was never this thing of like, oh, you know, what are people going to think? And yada, yada, yada. I just kind of was like, I'm going to do the thing and, and, and whatever. I think that as I've gotten older, that fear of, being seen or that fear of being judged is actually grown more. And I feel like one of the cool things about youth is your naivete when it comes to judgments or, you know, anyone thinking anything of what you're doing or or taking actions. You know, a lot of people who are younger that start companies, you know, you'll hear stories about how they just made really rash and crazy and big decisions without really overthinking it because there wasn't fear. There wasn't, or maybe there was, but they, they didn't even know what to be afraid of to feel the fear, right? And so when I started showing up online, I didn't know, like, I wasn't thinking about haters and trolls and any of that or people judging me. I was just thinking, I want to do this thing, so I'm going to do the thing, right? And then as you get older, you start to take on those fears more because you know, kind of like, you start to think more about the, the evils of the world and kind of what, people could say and all that stuff so yeah i know there was a a second part to this question about this person wanting to show up online so if this is you and you're like okay how do i do it you just have to do it like people are going to always have something to say about you you know I've said this before, if it helps you set boundaries, right, set boundaries where people can comment, set boundaries where people can, you know, engage with you. And I know that maybe takes away the the social part of the social media. And I mean, I suppose that also goes along with your goal. If you want to be a content creator, you kind of have to still have ways of engaging with people and, you know all that good stuff i I've, I've come to realize i don't really want to be a, a content creator in the traditional way so for me i'm gonna turn them comments off baby like you're not gonna talk to me no crazy type of way so you know set your boundaries and you know figure out i guess for you like what that goal is like is it you just kind of want to start a business or you want to be a content creator or you want to just share like if you're just sharing to help other people then you have to remember that like that person that needs to hear what you have to say, it's more important than the people that are mad about what you have to say. Cause the people that are mad about what you have to say, it ain't none of their business. Like if they really are that mad, like they could just block you or turn you off or unfollow you. Like, I don't understand why people feel the need to follow along and and, and talk back and talk shit. It's like, don't you have, don't you have things to do? Cause I know we all have some errands to run. So anyways, yeah, at the end of the day, you literally cannot control like what people think of you and what they say. But like, if that's something that you're so excited about and wanting to do that is worth way more than what other people have to think about it, you know? Okay. So the next question Someone says, I currently have a good paying job, but it's a far commute and I work weekends. It's kind of affecting my mental health, but I've been looking for new jobs and it seems like I could get interviews for lower pay, but the schedule I want, I need advice pros and cons to both. Not sure which one is the better option. I'm going to always advocate for the mental health (laughs) and, Okay, listen, easier said than done, right? Because this involves money. I would like look at it from a practical sense, right? If the pay is significantly lower, like if you would have to change your lifestyle, you now have to evaluate whether or not you can do that. If it means maybe you have to move, if it means getting a roommate, if if it means eating out less, like what are the sacrifices that you have to make? Like I said, this move for, I'm gonna just bring it back with this example. Me considering moving to Boston, you know, I am with understanding the rent is higher I have already like made the decision that if I were to do it I wouldn't like I would not be working out at Equinox y'all would not be seeing me at Equinox in Boston because maybe that membership option over there is a different price tier <laughs> that I yeah no so it's like in my head I'm like that's a sacrifice that I would have to make to live in an apartment that I really like so if for you you know that you can take the lower pay and it maybe it's like eating out less. Maybe, you know, you don't have a gym membership anymore, but you just use your apartment gym. Maybe you, um, maybe like, I don't know, what are the other changes you can make to your budget that you it would help you accommodate with like the lower pay? If it's doable, I would say do it because I found that, or the other option you can do is like keep the good paying one, and stack up a little bit like save a little bit and then like leave and then get one of the the lower paying ones because i find that the jobs where your mental health is in jeopardy like it it really is not worth the money like i know and sometimes the money be real good it'd be real good with some of the you know, jobs but baby because <laughs> like it takes such a toll on you and i've on my in my experience i've had a job at a really well-known company and, and and I, it it was not good for my mental health. And I had to leave because I was just like, yeah. And I remember having to pay back the bonus they gave me because I left early on. I knew it was because if I stayed there, like my mental health would be severely affected. So I would always, excuse me, I would always advocate, not me burping on the, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would always advocate for, um, mental health like because at the end of the day if you don't have your sanity if you don't have your mental health if you were making money but you were depressed like ugh, come on you know what I mean it's just it's so not worth it it's so not worth it and the other one like you have the schedule that you want so think about it now it's you know, it's now you can do things on the weekends now you can kind of have more of a social life It sounds like just I would really always advocate for that and for me It's always been a thing about like freedom and time freedom next question is I have a career partnership with my ex baby daddy And he thinks he can talk shit to me and downgrade me ooh, ooh. I wish I could cut ties completely but for many reasons. I can't what advice would you give me? Well, I don't know because see the thing is you're telling me you can't cut ties completely. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're not about to talk to me in no type of crazy way that like first of all. Okay. So I understand if y'all have to like have a career partnership. So maybe you have a business together and like you can't cut ties because now you're going to lose your, your business, but you need to tell that man. And I'm sure, I don't know, maybe you have done this or maybe you haven't done this, but if you haven't done this, I would definitely like let him know you're not about to sit around and just take his shit talking because it sounds to me like if he's talking shit to you and downgrading you he probably thinks that he can't do that and so you have to show him like he can't do that i also think you know depending on what the ties look like you again going back to the boundaries thing but like setting boundaries so it's like you know if for example let me see I'm trying to think of like how how we would set boundaries here but I'm just thinking of like basically cutting contact with him but except for the work things you know what I mean so it's like just letting him know like you can't text me about anything unless it has to do with like I guess our child and our work um just making it very 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 clear I don't know, like that's tough because I don't know exactly what the business is because I'm like, girl, maybe can't you? Mm, is there any way you could get out of the business? Because I don't like that. I just don't like the thought of like, I guess someone feeling like they could talk shit to you and I also wonder too if it's a situation where he has control over the money or he has like he's like holding something above your head because if it's something where he is in a place to control more of the money or something and he kind of feels like he has that power over you like he gonna keep talking that shit because at the end of the day like he really does have the power to take the money away if he's in that position obviously but yeah so I don't know my advice is boundaries here if you can like find a different job or if there's any way to like sever the ties as much as possible with business. So if that means something like you change your personal number and like but then I'm like if you get a business number and a business phone and you tell him like only text me ab- about business on here, he don't sound like he gonna listen. <laughs> he don't sound like he'll listen. So people like that, like I feel like people who transgress over the boundaries as I always talk about. I I truly personally think it's the best thing to just cut them off completely. Cause they, it is, it's, it's a mental illness. Like they don't get it. They don't get it. They're going to keep doing that. Um, so yeah, if you can set as many boundaries as possible and then like, if there's any way to find either a different job or to sever ties, or I don't know why I'm thinking like If you can involve a lawyer somehow, which I don't know if this is, I am no lawyer, so I don't know if there's even like a legal way to do this, but just to legally set boundaries, like maybe drawing up some sort of, not a restraining order, but something that basically says like this person can only talk to me about the business, about our child and nothing else. Like, I'm sure there's some type of law or some type of thing that you can do, or maybe there's not, because would that go against the constitution? It might, it might, it might. But wouldn't a restraining order go okay. Anyways, but yeah, if you could do something like that, and if you have any, I'm sure if you go to a lawyer and you have like proof of him just saying the most vile shit, like I'm sure there's something they can do to make sure that he has boundaries that are legally enforced. So if he starts talking some type of crazy shit, you be like, I'ma sue you. I'm gonna sue you. I don't know if that's how it works, but it sounds like it could be a thing. So I would look into that. Okay. Someone's saying, "How can I open up for new relationships when I feel like there's no hope?" Well, I would say I read that really wrong. Really written really, wrong. I read that really weird. Let me read that again because I feel like I just said that and butchered it weirdly. So, "How can I open up for new relationships when I feel like there's no hope?" So, you got to have a little bit of hope. Because if you have no hope, honestly, there's there's not that there's no point, but what's that quote? Your reality is perception or your perception i'm butchering that quote but you guys get what i'm saying right it's literally about how you see the world is going to be what's reflected back to you so if you are someone who says all people suck i'm never going to have good relationships everyone you can't trust anyone everyone is just a bad person that's what you're going to see reflected back to you you're not going to see the good people who want to show you love you're not going to see the trustworthy individuals you're going to see more of like what you're saying and what you're what you're putting out there essentially so if you want to open up for new relationships you have to just you have to open up you have to open up you have to be willing to see that there are good people out there i think one of the best ways to do this is to expose yourself to people or relationships that are kind of like what you want to experience so um if it does if you're not seeing any in your real life tv shows are a good way to do this so like watching tv shows so like i said i'm watching psych right now i think that's also why i miss my best friend because they have such a funny relationship and i find myself laughing out loud with that show so much but that's one or not i mean you can watch like if you want but like watching tv shows where you see people who are experiencing good relationships where you see people who can trust others where you see people that are Living really good lives and kind of knowing that that is possible. Like, yes, it's a TV show, okay? But it is possible. And allowing yourself to kind of let that ice melt, take your walls down a little bit. Because I know that when it comes to closing off, oftentimes it's a reflex of being hurt before. It's a reflex of people kind of not showing up for you in the way that you need them to or the way that you want them to and that sucks like there's nothing that can change that past but you also have to remember that not everyone is like that not everyone is gonna hurt you not everyone you know has bad intentions if you yourself are a good person with good intentions and you want, you know, amazing relationships and you're willing to be that good friend, that good partner, that good family member, You, there are other people like you. You're not the only one in the world. You're not the only one out of like eight plus billion people that is a good person. So yes, you know, statistically said there might be more people that are hurt and need therapy and are traumatic and are just not great in the way they show up in the world. But there are also a lot of really good people as well. with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Okay, next question or next it's like a comment in the question. So this person says Thanks a lot for your wonderful content on Manifest Daily and keep doing the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, They also say, I especially love the dating topics here and there and would love to hear your thoughts on having resentments towards other people who seem to have it easier to find someone. I found myself tired of weddings and engagement parties, which is horrible to admit, but i only attend them to be a good friend and celebrate the couple's not because i truly enjoy the event it triggers my anxiety towards romantic love okay i i don't know maybe this is a controversial take because some of y'all are going to be like mm, mm, side eye me with this take but y'all have heard me say it before okay i don't think this is horrible to admit i think that a lot of people who are single and have coupled friends have felt this same thing if not not to say they feel it all the time but they have felt this pang of jealousy or i wouldn't say envy because i think one of them is like more malicious i think it's envy but they've felt this pang of jealousy before and i don't think there's anything wrong with it my the biggest thing with this is always how you respond right it's one thing to feel a pang of jealousy because that is a very 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 human emotion and often jealousy. We feel it because there's someone who has something that we would love to experience. That's exactly what's happening here, right? But obviously if you feel jealous and you do something malicious to express that jealousy, that's one thing. If you feel jealous and you're able to admit it and to kind of be like, you know, I'm working through this and I feel this way because of this, I think that's healthy. Like, I feel like you're talking about what you feel and you're trying to work through it and you're not trying to hide it, which I think would be worse than being like, I don't feel jealous at all, I'm happy. (laughs) And you're just like- (laughs) literally insane the thing that kind of has been helping me a lot um with this because i also have felt this come up recently especially as i'm getting older and i feel like most of my close friends now are either engaged or already married they're you know on their first second child (laughs) like and i'm kind of like here i am figuring out where i want to live Ah, I think it's easy to kind of feel that that sort of pang of jealousy or even resentment, especially if if it does seem like they have it easier to find someone, you know, especially if you're the friend where you're still single and maybe you have a friend who's like gone from like their, you know, second boyfriend to third boyfriend to fourth boyfriend. And at the same time, you've been single and you've yet to find someone like I understand that Um, the biggest thing that I try to remember with this and sometimes it hits with helping me, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it depends on the day, truly. But is that. With love and romantic love, like you can't, it's not a it's not a matter of working hard. I think that's also my struggle with it because I'm the kind of person that I want to understand what's the goal. I want to break it down. I want to be like, okay, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z and I'm gonna get to the goal at X, Y, and Z time. Like I like formulas like that. I like a good roadmap. Love has no formula. Love has no roadmap. It's really fucking annoying. I cannot tell you how much it irritates me. But that being said, it's not necessarily like that i guess like they do have it easier in a way but it's not that they're better than you or doing something different than you it's just that when it comes to love it's very much kind of like um uh a time and place thing it's very much like random and sporadic if it's your time it's your time if it's not your time it's not your time there's literally nothing you can do about that and trust me i'm the person that i have been on all of these apps i'm i'm back (laughs) girl I know I'm on the apps. I'm swiping. I'm updating my profile. I'm changing the pictures. I'm writing out these prompts. I am telling people I'm I'm going, telling people I'm single. I'm going to speed dating. I'm doing the things, right? And for some of y'all listening, I know you're probably like, well, that's why you single girl. Mm -hmm. Cause they always say it's when you stop looking, but let me tell you something about me. I'm a persistent ass person. Okay. I... I am the kind of person that you tell me I can't have something and I work harder. So really and truly the people who are like, you got to stop trying. It'll come to you. Wrong person. Don't tell me that because guess the fuck what? I'm going to keep trying harder and it's really problematic. But anyways, that being said, yeah, it's it really is kind of it's it's luck or not even luck because I don't really believe in luck. It's divine timing because I was also going to say it's random. It's none of it's random, none of it's luck, none of it's coincidence. It's their time and and that's what it is it's not your time yet the other thing to remember is let me say something right now the grass is not always greener okay and that's something that i've also had to come to find out is sometimes you think like oh my god they have the most perfect relationship and oh my god da, da, da. And the whole time, behind doors, it's a lot of arguing, it's a lot of fights, And not every relationship is like this, right? I know that there really are some couples that are in good relationships and, you know, relationships are ups and downs anyways. But I also say this to say, like, it's not always what you see, it's, and so it doesn't really help to envy something that you don't really understand fully what's going on behind closed doors. So lately, I've just been focusing on me. And I think that, you know, it's it is hard because when you're seeing it happen to everyone, it kind of feels like you're missing the boat in some ways, but I just try to like live my life through this lens of, okay, if I were to never get into a long-term relationship, if I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, like how do I want to live my life? What would make me happy? And live from that perspective. And yeah, but I do understand exactly what you're saying. I haven't really had to go to a lot of like engagement parties or weddings because everyone's kind of in a different place (laughs) Um, and COVID was a thing. But I can, you know, imagine what that's like. And I think that your time will come. I don't know when. I wish I could tell you that. I I mean, I, I, I really, really wish I could because I sometimes think that would help to alleviate the anxiety. But I also just think that... Yeah, it's just tough. And I feel like sometimes it might feel like no one really understands where you are. But guess what? I understand, okay? I understand where you are and I get it. And our time will come. And I also wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believe that when that time happens and that person comes, that they will be an amazing fit for us. I think you also have to just keep your standards high. Like, don't be the person that just settles for any old thing because you're you're lonely and you're tired. Because I understand what that can feel like too. And trust me, I've I've been trying to be open minded, and I've kind of like been slipping into this place where open mindedness can kind of turn into settling for things that you don't really enjoy or love as much and that's a really dangerous place to be so keep those standards high know what you want know that it's out there again so many people on earth like yeah and also to expand your I guess like radius of where you think you'll find that person I was telling a friend this today because I was like it's so crazy that people expect their soulmate to live within a five to ten mile radius I mean granted people are meeting people in that like range, you know what I mean? But who's to say that your soulmate's not in like Costa Rica or not in like Jamaica, I don't know. But just keep an open mind, keep an open mind, travel, explore, live your life and that person will come. And I think it'll be an even better thing if you have a really good solid foundation with yourself and with your life for when they come in because now you'll be able to be like okay i you're here because i want you to be here not because i need you to be here and it's just kind of a, a richer relationship i think when it starts from that basis okay the last question i think this is the last question okay yeah it is so this one was supposed to be a podcast topic idea I actually got an email this person submitted a um request on my website at not at <laughs> www.themanifestdaily.com but um This is about saying difficult things. So this person says, um, saying difficult things in the beginning of a relationship. I just have a few months with my boyfriend and he practically moved in from the first day I invited him over. It became a huge deal because of rent and food. How can you tell someone you are not ready to live with them or just any boundary without being mean or pushy about it? How can you tell when you're being manipulated or being genuinely dealt with? Okay, so I would say when it comes to telling someone setting a boundary and not being mean or pushy again this goes back to i am gonna keep quoting this damn book until i don't even know until forever okay but the the quote in the book the courage to be disliked like read this book okay first of all read this book but when it comes down to setting a boundary and coming off as mean or pushy you're responsibility is to set your boundary your responsibility is to say this is okay with me or this is not okay with me i like this or i don't like this x y and z right that is that's on you whether and obviously you're going to deliver that respectfully as respectfully as you can just be clear you know don't don't use me names don't like you know, blame someone, just be like, this is what I need, or this is, this is my boundary and just let them know, right? Their responsibility is to either decide whether or not they want to adhere to that boundary. Can they actually do it? Do they care? And if it comes off as mean or pushy to them, that you are being clear about what it is that you want and deserve and can handle and cannot handle, that is not a you problem. Okay. I also think, and I don't know if this person is a woman, but Actually I think you are a woman. I think you are. But I also think there's a, a a thing too in society where as women when we are very clear and when we set boundaries and when we are upfront about what it is that we want and don't want and and you know what our standards are we get a lot of shit for it. Like a man will be like, he'll put his foot down and we'll be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. an alpha male right there. He's assertive. He's confident. A woman will do the same exact thing and you'll call her a bitch. And let me tell you something right now. If you want to call me a bitch, you can call me a bitch, but I'm going to tell you what my boundary is. And I'm going to tell you if you did something to upset me and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. So I feel like You literally, you know, whether or not that person thinks you're mean, it is within your responsibility to communicate what your boundaries are. Because if you don't and they are doing all types of shit that just it's not sitting right with you, you it like you can't even really blame them because you never communicated what your boundary was. So now they just acting a fool. And because you never told them, baby, don't do this. They gonna keep thinking it's cool to act a foot with you. So you have to be very, very clear. And again, whether or not they think you're mean or they don't like it, that's not their, that's not your problem. That's not your problem. It's literally not your problem. And in terms of how to tell when you're being manipulated or being gen- genuinely dealt with, I think it, I, I feel like it kind of comes with experience of different relationships. Cause I feel like I'm going to give an example of when I first started dating, I wasn't the best at telling when guys just wanted to have sex with me or if they were genuinely into me. I wasn't the greatest at kind of telling, you know, if someone really liked me or was interested or if they were... Like, I couldn't really tell. And I was very naive in my approach to dating and men because I was so... You know, open, and I think there's there's a difference between being very like naive and being open, but also being smart about how you're being open and having boundaries, right? In one case, being naive, you're just like la da da, like everyone's good, like "Da da da da, and you're just like okay, you you don't even have boundaries really because you're just expecting the best out of everyone which is not really how everyone shows up and with the other one you're like open-minded and you're open but you also are very like smart about it and so if something peaks a right a red flag with you you're very quick to be like oh no oh no like i'm open-minded but not that (laughs) open-minded you know what i'm saying so i think the manipulation and genuine behavior thing I honestly feel like, at least in my experience, that came with time and different relationships. If you feel, though, something is off, like even the fact that you're asking me this question and kind of what you have stated in this, to me, it's giving red flag because why you moved into my house on day one? And then also, too, you mentioned it's become a huge deal because of rent and food, which again, I'm reading between lines here but tell me if this is wrong, but it sounds very much like this man's not paying for the rent or the food. And if you are in my house and eating up all my food and and, and stinking at my house and you are not paying rent, oh, we're going to have a problem because (laughs) what? So yeah, if you feel uncomfortable with that, let him know. If you feel like, There's something off about the relationship, whether you feel like, okay, maybe you do want maybe you're okay with him renting or staying there with you, but you're like, I want you to pay X, Y and Z amount of the rent or I want you to handle the groceries. That is 100 percent within your right to state as what you need for someone to be living in your home. Okay, if they're living in your home all of a sudden and it wasn't discussed, something that was discussed before, you didn't talk about the breakdown of bills, all of a sudden they're here and they're trying to act like they could just be here freeloading. No, because what we're not going to do is that. No. So you definitely have to have a conversation with this man. How can you tell him that you're not ready to live with him? How can you set that boundary? You just have to do it um if it would make you feel more comfortable or if it would be easier because i'm the kind of person that i for a long time i struggle and i still kind of do struggle to have confrontational conversations with people because i get really emotional like it's just so annoying i'm a cancer moon i feel like i cry for everything and it's not even that i'm sad it's just like i just start crying but anyways that being said if you struggle with that as well what i always found helpful was to like write a note beforehand so I know it sounds kind of silly to some. I don't, it doesn't matter. But you can write a note in your phone, whether you want to write it out like paragraph style or you want to do like bullet points of what it is that you want to say to him and then let him know you want to have a chat at X, Y, and Z time. Um, And then, or, you know, if he comes home and you're like, let's, I would love to talk to you. Do you have some time? And you could whip that phone out, okay? And you could just say, I just like jotted down a couple of notes, a couple of bullet points, that i want to go over um and i'm gonna like look at my phone periodically and you you know it doesn't matter you can just look at your phone and reference your notes and talk to him and let him know what's up and if um i also would say maybe this sounds really dramatic to some but i just i i think it's better to be safe than sorry when it comes to interactions with different people especially if you don't know how they're gonna react to what you're saying and you're giving like unquote bad news. So I would say that when you're about to have this conversation, maybe, you know, I I don't know if you would like want to invite a friend over and have them be in your room or something. I know that sounds like maybe that's a bit much, but, or even just, um, like having someone on the phone at the time, like if you're really afraid of like your safety or just, letting someone know to call you and check in after. So if you're like, okay, you're going to have the conversation with him at like 10 PM, maybe, you know, you know, you want to have someone call and check in at like 10 50 and just to make sure that you're okay. Just something like that. I know it sounds really dramatic, but there are so many situations where, you know, women have been assaulted by men and I know not all men are bad. I know, I know, I know. Um, but I'm just specifying this specific situation and this specific dynamic because I know that it's a thing. Um, you know, and you never you never know, right? You think someone's like a really good person. You just never know. So I'm always like better safe than sorry. If you're gonna have this conversation, just take whatever safety precaution you feel is necessary with this person, whether again, it's someone coming over to check on you or calling to check in on you, just to make sure that, you know, it doesn't escalate and or anything like that. Um, you can even let him know beforehand. So it's kinda like a, you know, I'm so and so, I'm I'm is i'm gonna be meeting up with them after i don't know just something just to kind of be safe about it but i would definitely suggest sitting down and having a very very straightforward conversation with this person and don't worry about coming off mean or pushy like set your boundaries and be very confident in the way that you set them and if he tries to be like oh well what about just no if you know what you want going into it do not stray from it do not waver from it do not try to go back and forth this is not a negotiation this is your house and he just came in here this is not a place that you guys rented together and it's about negotiating who gets to keep the place now he this is your place this is your home He's barely a guest and he needs to leave. And that's how we're going to end this episode. (laughs) That is how we're going to end this episode. So my loves, thank you so much for being here, for listening, for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed this chat. Um, It is officially 10 p.m. And I've been chatting with you guys for almost an hour. I'm going to go upstairs, get ready for bed and watch another episode of Psych. I'm going to edit this in the morning. It's going to be up on Tuesday. And I hope that you guys have a beautiful week, an amazing week, whether you are i don't even know what was i was gonna say i don't even know what i was gonna say but have a beautiful beautiful week and i will chat with you in the very next episode bye my loves